Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Emily Randall, who not only has a great name, but is also running for Washington State Senate. I'm feeling a little extra sassy today. I've got a glass of pink wine to sip, my husband's in the kitchen fixing us dinner, and this morning I got to have a good conversation with someone that I admire. A couple of weeks ago, I was introduced to a woman here in Dallas whose work I have admired from afar. After we met, I did something I literally never do. I reached out to her to connect. Now, I may have lost you here, but hear me out. I reach out to women to be on the podcast, no problem. But when it comes to doing it on behalf of myself, no, not gonna happen. This time I was determined not to let my anxiety win. So I emailed her and she responded and we set a time to get coffee. That day was today and she was lovely. We chatted about our jobs. I asked her lots of questions because that's what I tend to do. And she seemed to be genuinely interested in me and what I do. At some point she asked, so what can I do for you? And I'm pretty sure I blacked out at that point. In my mind, just meeting me at Starbucks was much more than I expected from her. Anyway, there's I'm sure some kind of moral to this story. Take a chance on yourself or whatever. But honestly, I'm not even gonna force the issue. Sometimes coffee in conversation is just coffee in conversation. Okay, one thing that I just love is this quote you've got on your website. Let's move beyond divisive politics and put people first. I love that sentiment. (laughs) What does it mean to you? Yeah, uh, to me, it's the whole reason that I got involved in politics. I care about my neighbors, my family, and my friends, and my community. And I've heard over and over, especially, you know, during and following the 2016 election, that people are frustrated with what feels like both sides just yelling at each other. And I want to make sure that we get back to basics, that we're listening to people, um, to our neighbors, and to making sure that the policies that we're pushing are policies that center people and things that will make their lives better. Beautiful. So let's introduce you here. Who are you and for what are you running? My name is Emily Randall, and I'm running for State Senate in Washington's 26th Legislative District. And where in the state is that located? So it's west of Seattle, not on the Pacific Ocean, as some people think. It's um, a peninsula, the Kitsap Peninsula um, in the Puget Sound. So um, shaped like a little arrowhead, juts out from um, the west side of the Puget Sound. And the cities that are in my district are Port Orchard, where I grew up, Bremerton, where I live now, uh, and Gig Harbor to the south. Now, as someone who's not from Washington, um, didn't really know that there's anything west of Seattle except water. Right. So why did you decide to run? On election night 2016, I, like a lot of women and a lot of, you know, progressive people around the country, was sitting in a room with a lot of my nearest and dearest. Um, In my case, I was surrounded by 3,000 Wellesley alums um, on my college campus. And as I watched the results that I thought would never happen, 
I thought to myself, well, I can either stop complaining or I can do something more. And for me, that was running for office. We needed someone in the community I grew up in who would challenge um, a Republican incumbent and, and you know, put people first. And so I started figuring out how to make that happen. <laughs> I had never, this is my first time running, um, unless you count junior high ASB. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of similar, um, but I took a lot of trainings and I had a lot of conversations with, um, you know, people in the political world in my district, people in the political world in the state, and then, you know, teachers and doctors and uh, community leaders um, in a variety of areas um, who could advise me and help me think through the process. Also, my, you know, my best friends were always a sounding board. It's a wild idea deciding to run for office. And I feel like, um, you know, you need to go into it feeling at least supported, <laughs> if not uh, certain that you know what you're doing, because who oh, really definitely. does? What kind of trainings did you do? Let's see. I got involved in the She Should Run Incubator. I took some Vote Run Lead webinars. I was living, when I was living in California, I did um, an Equality California training for LGBTQ um, leaders. What else? Um, pretty much any webinar, Bold Progressives, a progressive um, campaign change committee, uh, run for something. Um, my alma mater has a, a private Facebook group for women interested in politics, so I got involved there. Um, any free webinar that I could take and any... <laughs> <laughs> and then as I could budget for paid things, I did those too. Why did you decide to go for state senate instead of something more local or even more federal or national? Yeah. So my background is in healthcare and education, fundraising and advocacy. I've worked for Children's Hospital Boston, which is New England's safety net hospital, um, San Francisco AIDS Foundation, uh, Wellesley College, and Planned Parenthood Federation of America and the Action Fund. And over my decade of experience, I've done a lot of advocating in the community for, you know, healthcare and education for women, kids, and the LGBTQ community. Not always among the friendliest of crowds. I've worked across my own proverbial aisle and ensured that we have well-funded and sustainably funded solutions in healthcare and education. And so as I thought reflected on my experience, um, I felt like something that shaped a little bit larger policy, state level policy, in addition to the lives of people in my community was a way that I could serve best. Um, I'm not ready for federal politics. That, that felt a little too <laughs> big, <laughs> um, but it was just kind of clear to me from the beginning that the legislature was where I could make real change and, you know, where we had a need in my community. Um, 
we needed to, we've long been a swing district, but since about 2013, um, the three seats, legislative seats in the 26th district have been in Republican control. And I wanted to do my part. You've had some pretty amazing jobs all over the country, it sounds like. How did you end up in Washington? So I grew up here. Okay. I um, I was born in Port Orchard, or born in Bremerton, lived in Port Orchard. My parents both graduated from high school in this community. I the, I guess the better question is, how did I end up in Massachusetts? <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, was the first in my family to go to college, and I went to Wellesley just outside of Boston for a number of reasons, one of which was it was more affordable for my family than um, Western Washington University, which is a state school, uh, because of the financial aid that I qualified for. Um, And so I I went off to Wellesley, packed my suitcases, and got to see the world in a, a way that I never thought I would as a small town kid from Port Orchard. And then I graduated in 2008 in the recession and didn't know what I was going to do for work until two days before graduation. Um, And I had thought to myself, well, I can either move home and pay to move all of my stuff across the country and look for a job, or I can stay here and try my luck. Uh, And I ended up getting a job at Wellesley in the annual fund office. And that was my first taste of of professional fundraising and I loved it, which is a weird, <laughs> a weird concept to a lot of people. You like asking for money, um, but it was a chance to really talk to people about their passions and their, you know, their goal, philanthropic goals. How can we use our resources, whether it's our time or our money, to make the change that we want to see in the world? And it was a real privilege to be able to do that work. And I guess that's been a good background to have now for your own campaign. Definitely. I, I would, wouldn't say that the fundraising portion of the campaign is my favorite, um, <laughs> but it keeps a lot of women from running for office, you know, the fear of asking for money. And I want to do my part to make sure that women know that it's not as scary as they think it is. Um so I'm always happy when, you know, women I know ask me for fundraising tips or, you know, to practice um, with them because we need more women in office and we need to remove all the barriers we can. So what has the process of running been like for you so far? Um, so I announced my campaign uh, January 9th of this year. So we are just over two months in. And I announced uh, in a restaurant down the street from where I live, uh, not knowing how many people would come because I put sort of a big announcement coming Facebook event together. And mm-hmm. obviously some people knew what was happening, but um, we had 75 people and wow. like took over the restaurant. Um, and then we've had a couple of other big events. That one first one was in Bremerton. We had a big event in Gig Harbor, uh, one in Port Orchard, with almost a hundred. Um, so the the process of running has been community organizing. It's been bringing people together, people who I know and love, and people who I'm just meeting for the first time to 
engage in a political process that will put their values first. And it's been really, really fantastic. There's also the the logistical side of, you know, building a team. Um, I'm working with uh, some consultants and I work really closely with the um, Washington State Democrats and the Senate Democratic Committee to make sure that we, you know, have, we're going in the right direction. We've got the resources that we need. I just made an offer to a campaign manager, which is super exciting. We're looking for a social media intern. We've got a volunteer coordinator. Um, and we've got hundreds of people who have signed up to volunteer. So it's amazing every day to see the energy in our community and figure out how we can um, I can help guide it into the change that we need. What has surprised you the most about running for office? Um, I think what surprised me the most is that my strengths and weaknesses have been amplified in a way that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> um, I, you know, have always been sort of a, a go-getter um, and felt pretty self-organized, but I'm realizing that I I could use some more organizational skills when everything is coming, you know, from all directions. That's why I'm really excited about a campaign manager. Um, But I I make a lot of lists, a lot of lists. And then, you know, my my strengths professionally and personally have been, you know, listening to my neighbors and my community and um, really hearing people. And I get to do that every day, and it's such a blessing. It's also, um, even surrounded by so many people, it can be kind of lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, as a candidate, you're you're the one, right? <laughs> you're the one that guides the ship and, and the one that people want to talk to. And um, my... Uh, I've found that I really need to lean on my friends and my family and my partner and my dog, Frida, um, to (laughs) make sure that I'm connected and grounded with real life and don't just live in a campaign bubble. Are you running full time? Yes. Yes. That was a really tough decision to leave my job, but... um, this is a, a intense race, and I didn't want to wake up the day after election day and feel like I could have done more. So, you know, my partner and I made the decision about our budget, and um, my family members promised to feed me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, my last day of work was on February 1st. So I am all in. So if you get elected, is that a full-time position? It's not. It's part-time in Washington. Um, We just finished um, our 60-day even-year session, and the Mm -hmm. odd-year session is longer. But I imagine that I will go back to, you know, a fundraising and advocacy role, maybe as a um, consultant or a contractor so that I can you know, have a flexible schedule that will allow me to do the nonprofit work that I know and love um, when I'm not in Olympia and really focus my time on 
on my community when I am. Have you had any obstacles that you've like really struggled with or been surprised by? Um, yeah, I think going to so many trainings, I thought I had a good idea of how what what campaigning was going to look like. And then I got into it and realized that it's um, more than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think definitely a challenge and an obstacle is figuring out um, how to make everything happen every day. But another obstacle has been that I've gotten some pushback about being a radical progressive, which is not something like not a way that I identify myself. I don't feel like it's radical to uh, believe that women and children and the LGBTQ community deserves healthcare and education. But um, when I was first expressing interest in running, um, some folks told me that I would have trouble, that I was too far left for my district. And and that's that's hard to hear, but I also knew that it wasn't true, that my community shared the values that I share. You know, I grew up here. I I know my teachers and my neighbors and, um, you know, the folks that work at the grocery store. And um, I know that especially in this post-Trump America, our community's values are of inclusion and of community and and those I think are, are values that I can lift up but that I would say that that's the challenge that mm-hmm. people say that I'm a, a liberal feminist lesbian <laughs> <laughs> sure make a poster <laughs> so how can people get involved with your campaign um, you can sign up to um, be on our email list and be a volunteer by going to electemilyrandall.com and you can also support us financially. We have a a tough road ahead of us and need our community behind us and I'm so pleased that we already have contributions from over 400 individuals and our average gift size is under $70 and people are you know, hardworking people who I know struggle to plan their budgets every month are stretching and and investing in in the future that we deserve. And, you know, Washington had a really closely watched Senate election in 2017. Uh, Manka Dingra was elected on the east side, east of Seattle, when she was elected, uh, gave us a one-vote Democratic majority in the state Senate. Mm-hmm. And so we were able, in this session, to push forward a lot of really amazing legislation, um, you know, a Voting Rights Act and equal pay, reproductive parity, uh, a bump stock ban, really important bills that are going to impact our community. And we did it with only one vote majority. And... So holding on to that and expanding um, that Democratic majority is so important. So I'm glad that my community and my friends, even outside of Washington, see that this is an opportunity and an important chance to get involved. And I think a lot of people going into that race and before that thought of Washington as like this bastion of liberal progressiveness. But clearly, if there's just one vote that will swing it either way... That's kind of a misconception. 
Yeah. So Washington's uh, population is centered around Seattle, and that's the most progressive, strong Democratic community. But um, we have a big state. And the farther you get outside of Seattle, the the more different it gets. And east of the mountains, you know, we've got a, a rural and agricultural community that's pretty red. And my district is a swing district, and we've got a lot of districts like mine around the state. So it's it's definitely not uh, a foregone conclusion that Washington will always vote blue. We got to put in the work to make sure that our values are reflected in our legislators. All right. One last question. What is one piece of advice that you have for a woman who is thinking about running for office? My advice is to run. You know, we've heard the statistics that women need to be asked seven times where men often don't need to be asked at all. And we always, you know, second guess our qualifications. Have I done enough? Do I know enough? Um, Am I ready? And the answer is that we're never ready, but we should jump in because we need more women in office. We know that women make fairer legislators. Women pass more legislation. They work across the aisle. They listen. um, And they're underrepresented in chambers around the country. And for any woman who's listening to this and thinking, maybe I should do it. I'm asking you to please run. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thank you, Emily. And that's it for today. Big thanks to Emily Randall for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at electemilyrandall.com. That is E-L-E-C-T-E-M-I-L-Y-R-A-N-D-A-L-L. You can also find her on Facebook and Twitter at at Emily Randall W.A. While you're looking Emily up on all the social channels, you should find and follow this podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. And you can help other people find the show by going to iTunes and giving an awesome review. Or a regular one, but really, really awesome ones would be preferred. And that's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.